Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Hey everybody, happy Friday. Welcome to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer, part of Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. I'm Haley Tenpass and joined as always by Rob Zimmer himself. Hi, Rob. Hi, how are you? I'm doing okay. It's kind of kind of gloomy out there. The seasons really have uh, have kind of changed this week. Yeah, yeah. Early, well, earlier this afternoon it was bright and sunny, but now the clouds have moved back in. There's pretty cool clouds out there too. I just posted a picture on my Facebook page of a really cool squall that's coming through. And I said if it was 10 degrees colder, it would be snow. Um, <laughs> but it's not. It's rain. Yeah, but then not- people come. Yeah, people commented right away that just in northern Shano County and up north further, uh, it is snow. And one person posted pictures. Um, I think she was from Monaco, and she posted pictures of snow on the ground. So pretty cool. So there is some snow out there. Yeah, I'm actually taking a peek at the weather radar right now. And, yeah, seeing some snow moving across northern Wisconsin. Crazy. Cool. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. <laughs> and well, we thought it was early last year when we got snow on Halloween. <laughs> right, right. I, I think yeah. I said this last week, but I planned uh, my daughter's Halloween costume to fit around a winter coat if necessary. So. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> Well, we, good. Yeah. Well, folks, well, it'll we... Probably be, it'll probably be 60 or 70 on Halloween, though. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. Give us a call today, everyone. 281-1150 is the number on that Settlers Bank phone lines. We would love for you to join our conversation. What are you seeing outside your window? Did you check out any fall colors? And I know, Rob, you wanted to touch on uh, a topic I'm really interested in learning more about today, fall gardening, and maybe when to get those bulbs in. Yes, I want to talk about all sorts of things about fall gardening. It is it is time now. You know, some people think, oh, it's too late. No, this is actually the prime time, especially the last two weeks in, in October, uh, to get the bulbs in the ground. You can still even plant trees and shrubs and perennials. Um, I'm going to talk about some plants for fall color that you can get to plant next year to have fall color, or if you can still find them next year or this year, there's still time. Um, and some ways to... Uh, I also want to talk about some spooky plants since Halloween is coming up. I have that on my list too. If you, if any of the callers out there can think of any spooky, you know, Halloween-themed plants, um, give us a call. I think that would be fun too. Um, and maybe some fall cleanup tips, things that you do to help to, to clean up your garden. And I'll give you some of my tips too. Uh, yeah, but lots to talk about today. Wherever we want to start, and whatever the callers want to start. If you're still seeing hummingbirds or if you have juncos or robins or anything in your yard, uh, give us a call, too. I know my friend um, Carol on Facebook, she posted a picture today. She just set up her heated bird bath last night, and she posted pictures this morning of robins sitting on her heated bird bath. So the robins are still around. They will come if you put out water for them, especially on cold nights. Um, even though really right here we didn't even get a frost or freeze last night, I was kind of disappointed because everybody was panicking, saying it was going to be the end of the growing season, and then... Nothing happened. So, <laughs> but yeah, if you got birds coming to your yard, uh, whatever, give us a call and let us know. 
I was at my parents today, Rob, and my mom said, oh, look out the window. What bird is that? And it looked like it might have been a, a very young red-tailed hawk. Could that have been something we oh. spotted? Oh, definitely. Yeah, the young ones are, they're, they're still in their um, immature plumage, so they don't look like the adults yet. So chances are, if it was pretty streaky, brown and white, gray and white, it, it probably was, um, especially if it was big, you know, the size of a red-tailed hawk. Uh, there's a couple other hawks that it could have been, but they have uh, noticeably long tails. There's the Cooper's hawk and the sharp-shinned hawk. Um, the Cooper's hawk is probably about the size, maybe a little bit smaller than a red tail, but it's a lot thinner, and it has a very long tail. And then the sharp-shinned hawk is it, pretty small. It's about the size of a morning dove or a blue jay. But it's probably one of those three. Mm. Yeah, it was a little yeah. bit bigger than a morning dove, but I did see a little uh, little bit of orangish-red near the tip of the tail, so that's why I... Oh, thought yeah. maybe red tail but yeah so probably was an immature uh, either one that was raised around here or they are migrating into our area now too this is where they spend the winter so they're coming from up north uh, down here to spend the winter which is pretty cool absolutely all yeah. right 281-1150 is the number on our phone lines folks uh, give us a call we want to talk all about uh, whatever's on your mind today i know rob you mentioned fall gardening i have some lettuces that are still uh, doing pretty great actually Good. Yeah, a lot of the cold weather crops like lettuce and cabbage and Brussels sprouts and uh, Swiss chard and kale and all of that, uh, they're still doing fine. You know, as long as we don't get a hard freeze, they're they're still fine. It looks like Sunday. I don't think tonight, but I think Sunday night is going to be another colder one. So you might have to cover them up on Sunday unless they're in a protected place. But um, a lot of things are still going. A lot of people's annuals are still going beautifully. They're, they're begonias, they're marigolds, they're zinnias. Because we haven't really had, at least at least right here in the city of Appleton, uh, a hard frost. And I know just outside of town and just north and just east, uh, it got pretty cold and, and some things are, are gone. But right in town, I don't think it's been cold enough quite yet. Mm. So. And, of course, there's lots of decorative plants you can have out there right now, too. I mean, it's perfect weather for mums, of course, all the different colorful mums, pansies. Um, the violas and pansies still look good. Uh, again, the Swiss chard and kale and all of those classic fall plants to decorate for the season um, are still looking beautiful. Again, as long as we don't get a big, hard frost or freeze, uh, they'll keep going. I love that. If you if you plan it right, you really can get, you know, two gardens truly uh, through the year, maybe even three if you plant early. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. And, and really, I mean, you can have stuff blooming in your garden from March all the way through, you know, November, even in December. I've seen a lot of people, you know, depending on the weather, uh, that still have rose shrubs bushing in December and, you know, stuff like that. So, and witch hazel and other different types of, of shrubs. So you can really have stuff blooming in in your yard uh, from March all the way through December um, pretty easily. It's not that hard. November, November, you know, the roses are still out, but... Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Trumpet honeysuckle is another good late-season bloomer. Some of the asters and black-eyed Susan will keep going if you keep deadheading them and pinching them off. Um, even some of the hydrangeas still look still have a little tinge of color uh, into late October and November. So there's a lot of stuff that could still be blooming if you if you keep uh, deadheading it and taking care of it and keep it well watered and fertilized throughout the year. 
I love that. Well, we have a lot to learn from you, Rob, and we're going to continue our conversation after a break. But, folks, this is a great time for you to call in with your questions. 281-1150 is the number on that Settlers Bank phone line. Join our conversation. We've got more of Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on the way. You're listening to WHBY. Once again, welcome back to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. It's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on this Friday, October 16th. And uh, still waiting for your calls. 281-1150 is the number. Our Settlers Bank phone lines are wide open. Wide open spaces I should have played. Oh, There you go. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yes, give us a call. Let us know what's still blooming in your yard or what kind of birds you're seeing at your bird feeders or... Uh, on your hikes or where you went to see the peak of the fall color because I just noted on my Facebook page today also too uh, fall color is pretty much past peak right here in our area Uh, I think the wind kind of did that and it's been so windy just about every day this week that a lot of those leaves just got stripped from the trees you know especially when you you get a a few miles out of town out in the country you know a lot of those woodlots and parks and stuff are just there right in town where it's a little calmer there's still you know, quite a few color, uh, colorful spots, especially at some of the parks and along the river. But out in the country, when you get out, away from town, it's it's getting pretty bare out there. Yeah. Um, and you're just seeing some flashes of color here and there. Of course, down in southern Wisconsin and probably up in Door County, there's still quite a bit of color because it's a little warmer up there because of the lakes and uh, a little little further south. It's still moving down that way, but right around here and north of us, it's it's getting pretty uh, pretty sparse as far as color. Of course, there's still a lot of green trees out there, too. Some of the, the silver maples and some of the others are still pretty green, and box elders, they'll still change color. But, you know, the really powerful reds and golds, a lot of those are are starting to fade now and have their leaves ripped mm-hmm. away. So yeah. if you went anywhere to take a fall color tour, give us a call and let us know, too. Yeah. I know a lot of people, a lot of people last weekend were posting pictures from uh, up north. There was a lot of people, at least on my friends list, that went, waterfall waterfall watching and checking out all the different waterfalls up north it was the perfect weekend last weekend to do that um before the the cold and the wind came um so if you did that give us a call too it was a a fun weekend to get out and enjoy well speaking of calls rob we do have dan on the line with us today hi dan sure hello hi dan hello can you hear me yes yes very good. Just wondering what a guy can do with asparagus uh, for the winter. The plants are all grown up. Should I cut those down and, and cover them with leaves, or what do you suggest? Yep, yeah, that's fine. Uh, how old are they? Are they first-year plants, or have you had them a while? No, they're they're older plants, and this is my best year with them, so I want to take care of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would cut them back. You know, you can cut them back down to, you know, 10, 8, 10 inches or even less. You know, some people go 6, 4, or 6 inches. Um, if they're still pretty green, I'd probably let them go a little bit yet, you know, because it's supposed to warm up back into the 50s next week again. So, uh, But if, you know, if they're looking pretty ragged and ripped up, you could cut them back. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't cover them yet, though. I would wait until we get some, you know, till the ground is almost ready to freeze. So just kind of watch the low temperatures when it gets um, quite a bit colder. Uh, you can put, you know, people use straw or leaves or I wouldn't use oak leaves because they kind of get matted, but if you have maples or some, something like that, or like I said, just straw works too, um, to throw that on there. 
Yeah, Very good. Give him some protection. But I'd probably wait, though, until it gets closer to the ground freezing. Right now, I mean, even though it's been cold the last couple of days, it's, I don't think we're quite there yet. Okay, I'll wait till the end of October or into November, and I'll take care of them. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. Thanks for the call, Dan. Oh, man, asparagus. One of the now first I'm things to pop. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm hungry for asparagus. <laughs> I was going to say, one of the first things. That comes up each, yeah. each spring. And it's so good. You know, I see, I see all these recipes for, you know, bacon-wrapped asparagus and asparagus and chicken and lemon asparagus pasta. And, oh, my gosh, the wind just totally picked up. I'm sitting in my car, and it feels like a hurricane. Holy cow. That was weird. <laughs> all these leaves and rain just came blowing at my car. Mm. You're always out adventuring, if get, Rob. If I get sucked up into the tornado, <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> It literally felt like it was weird. All of a sudden, the wind just swirled, and all these yellow leaves just got plastered against my windshield, and it just started pouring. And now it's completely calm again. That was just weird. <laughs> Live on the radio. There you go. All right. Yes, and if you have a call like that, if you want to know what, how to overwinter some plants, I have that on my list, too, how to overwinter certain plants. I can start that right now if we don't have any anyone waiting yeah that's a great that's a great idea i know last year i um unexpectedly uh wintered my onions and they popped up in the spring and uh it was fantastic oh, yes. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's a good point onions and carrots some of those root crops they they do really well in the ground especially if you do cover them like with a straw bale or something uh, to keep it you know consistent or, or keep try to um prevent too heavy of, of temperature swift shift each way but you know, they say the carrots and onions get sweeter if you leave them in the ground over winter. And uh, so, yeah, if you can do it, try some. Do an experiment and leave some out there. But um, I want to talk about some, some plants that you can overwinter indoors that do well, um, that, that you can do several different ways. Some of them you can just take cuttings of. Some of them you can save the seeds and grow them. Some of them are bulbs and rhizomes that you can either um, keep growing as a house plant if you have a, a sunroom or a bright, bright area. Um, some of them you can just move the whole plant in, like like some of your tropical plants, like hibiscus, the tropical hibiscus anyway, um, and elephant ears. If you have a, a sunroom or a bright room or growing lights or something, you can just move that whole plant inside and let it keep growing as normal. Um, some you allow to go dormant. You know, some you can just place in a cool, dark basement and not water them or anything, and they come back miraculously in February or March. Um, and again, if you have growing lights or a sunroom, that's ideal for a lot of the a lot of the plants that. Um, you want to save over the winter. So uh, some good ones that are outside right now, if you haven't had a freeze yet and they're still out there, that you could pop up and bring inside. Um, any of your cacti, I you know a lot of people probably already moved their cactus in if they're, uh, if they're cactus growers. You know, I, I know some pretty obsessive cactus growers who have huge collections that every year they move out onto their porch or patio um, or out into their yard uh, for the summer, and then they move them back in usually in September or October. Mm. Uh, most of them can take a little bit of cold, um, but yeah, those are great plants to move inside and out. Um, any herbs that you have in your garden, if they're not perennial herbs, you know, if you have um, borage or mints or um, lavenders, you know, anything like that that you want to um, save and try to grow inside, all you have to do is pot them up and put them in a bright sunny window or put them under growing lights or, or put them in a sunroom, keep them watered all winter long, and you can just keep cutting and coming again. Uh, to your different herbs, plus your your house will smell amazing too. 
from coleus, the annual coleus. You know, it comes in all different colors. It's a foliage plant. Those are awesome plants to overwinter. Uh, you can either take cuttings of them. If, if the plant has grown too large to bring the whole thing in, you can just take cuttings of the, some of the side shoots or leaves and actually start those either in water or in a seed starting mix. And um, you can have the same plant again all winter long. Some of them do get a little bit leggy if they're inside, but at least it's still alive. Uh, and then you can keep kind of pinching it and make it bushier. And then by the time spring comes again, it'll be ready to go back outside. Um, geraniums, a lot of people overwinter geraniums. If you're one of the, the geranium overwinters and you're listening, give us a call and tell us how you do it because um, there's a lot of different ways people do it. Some people dig them up and shake off all the soil, dry them out and put them in a paper bag and just hang them in the, in the basement. Some of them just take the plant, shake off the soil, leave the leaves and everything on and just hang it from the rafters in the basement. Um, some people just, again, keep the plant potted up and bring it inside and grow it all winter. Uh, and they will keep flowering and as long as they're in a bright enough area. Uh, so if you overwinter geraniums, let us know uh, your best method for doing that. Now, succulents. There's a lot of succulents out there that um, won't survive our winters. There's some that will, you know, like your hens and chicks and sedums. But there's a lot of really fancy specialty ones like uh, some of your aloes and some of your um, other different succulents that won't survive. But they're awesome, easy-to-grow house plants all winter long. Uh, they just need some bright light uh, and not a lot of water. Um, begonias, ivies, all of those make great house plants in the winter. All of your ferns, Boston ferns, asparagus ferns, foxtail ferns, whatever you have, those are great to bring inside. Um, even things, you know, people people overlook things like the simple spikes that you get in the spring, the green spikes or the red spikes. Those make amazing house plants during the winter, and they can get pretty big if you let them keep going. They almost look like a little a little palm after a couple of years. They can get five, six feet high, just those tiny little green spikes that you buy, you know, for a buck or two in the spring. Yeah. So those are fun to try to overwinter. Uh, some of your vines, like sweet potato vine, wire vine, those are all great to bring inside. I talked about the ivies. Um, lantana is one of my favorite plants to overwinter. That's kind of a, it's an annual. Um, it smells amazing. It smells citrusy. It keeps mosquitoes away. Monarchs love it. Hummingbirds love it. But it's actually a very easy plant to overwinter. Uh, you can just cut it back by a, a half or a third and, and bring it inside in a, in a pot and put it in a bright, sunny spot, and it'll grow and flower all winter long. And, of course, there's a lot more. There's all your bulbs that you can uh, – tropical bulbs like cannas and gladiolas and dahlias and um, calla lilies that you can dig up and let go dry uh, or dry out really good and then store them somewhere cool and dry um, that you can grow. And, of course, saving seeds from your perennials and your annuals, your zinnias, your marigolds, your – Coneflowers, all of that, your columbines, save those seeds, hostas. Uh, my friend Audrey, she, she takes all of her hosta seeds every year, and she's actually breeding her own. So uh, she makes these amazing streaked hostas uh, just by starting the ones that form on the plant from seed and potting them up and seeing what happens. Uh, and you get some amazing results from some of those because uh, you never know where the bumblebee went from flower to flower, and you could create a hosta all your own that you could patent and name and make a fortune from so wow. seeds are fun too yeah i have a succulent yeah. plant that i i think i want to save for next year because it kind of looks like a dragon tail and so i oh, think it, yeah. it just looks cool and i want to i want to keep it for next year and see if it can get yeah, even bigger some of those succulents can get really cool shapes and you know whips and uh, kind of the arching the asymmetrical look to them they can get and then of course as they flower they have really cool flowering stalks and uh, the textures and everything are amazing yeah well, we're talking about 
all yeah. sorts of things today. Uh, just covered how to overwinter some of your plants. Took a great call about asparagus. And we want to hear from you, too, especially if you've got maybe some fall color updates for us or anything you want to ask Rob. He's here for you, 281-1150 on our Settlers Bank phone lines. We are going to take a break for your local news and weather. But when we come back, much more with Outdoors with Rob Zimmer right here on WHBY. Can see clearly now the rain is gone. Back at 438 on WHBY Real Local Radio. It's outdoors with Rob Zimmer. It's not quite clear out there right now. We've got some rain falling still. Uh, but we're taking your calls to 8111150 on our Settlers Bank phone lines, talking all sorts of things today. Just got some great information on overwintering those plants. And I know that Rob's got a lot more things to talk with us about today. Hi, Rob. Hi. <laughs> I think I'm going to do, um, um, I have to make sure I have enough. <laughs> I want to talk about my top 10 list. I think I'm going to do uh, top 10 foliage plants for fall color. So things that you can put in your garden. Most of these are perennials, but I did stick a couple of annuals in there. Uh, so start planning ahead for next year. Or even this year, if you can hit some nurseries and garden centers and still find some of these, it's still a great time to plant uh, trees and shrubs, at least for a couple weeks yet. So uh, if you can find some of these. I left out, obviously, trees because uh, everyone knows you can get fall color from trees. So I'm talking more uh, smaller plants, a couple shrubs in here, but foliage plants for fall color. All right. Well, take a pause on that, Rob, because we actually have Michelle calling in on our Settlers Bank phone lines. Hi, Michelle. All right. Hello. Hi, Rob. So Hi. we went not last weekend because it was kind of, or was it? I don't even remember. I can't keep my weeks straight. But we went for a motorcycle ride, and I don't know if you saw my pictures on Facebook or not. But we actually went up through like Iowa and Marion and some of that. The fall colors were very, very pretty and very vibrant, but there was a oh, lot of leaves gone already. Yeah, isn't that sad? <laughs> yeah. There, well, we, and then we went up like through like Little Falls and Big Falls and stuff like that. No, those that, the falls were pretty cool, but we didn't stop at all. My husband was on a mission, I think, on the motorcycle. Plus, yep. it was cold. <laughs> it was it wasn't yep. exactly my fair weathered riding weather, but it was nice to get out. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's sad to see all the leaves go. I'm like, I'm not looking forward to that white stuff coming already. Mm. I know it's it's coming close. I, people have been posting pictures on my page of of snow. <laughs> Several people today posted pictures of snow. So yeah, a coworker yeah. said her somebody she knows was out fishing. They're like, it's snowing. Oh my gosh, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, no, that would not be my fishing weather. But but no, other than that, yeah. I mean, I, I like. Whoops, are you still there? I think we lost Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. Oh. Call back and tell us more. Yeah, I think she must. Maybe she's driving and she got cut off or something. So she's gone. Am I gone? <laughs> Can you hear me? Okay. I think I'm gone. Maybe Haley's gone. <laughs> I'll just sit here and wait. Well, maybe I'll start doing my top 10 list. <laughs> what was that, Rob? It says I'm so connected. 
Oh, I've been talking for like the last five minutes. So no one's answering me. Oh, <laughs> I'm just taking a caller on the line here. Uh, oh, yeah, working okay. double duty here. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was still on or not. You are. Okay. R- Rob's here. Um, we do have another caller on the line, so we'll quick go to to Gary here before the break. Hi there, Gary. Yeah, um, I got a question. I was walking with my wife on the Tallulah Trail. And it was a beautiful Saturday, and there was a weirdo. But uh, what do you recommend, whether you're at Navarino or Tallulah or whatever, in case you run into a situation to protect yourself? A situation like, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, there are strange people. Oh, I really don't, I guess. I mean, I have my phone. I have, but that's about it. I mean, I don't, I don't like, like, plan on getting attacked or anything. So I, maybe I should. I don't know. But I usually. Don't. What about I mean, I animals? I'm not afraid of animals. There, I'm okay. okay. I'm the I'm the bear whisperer and the wolf whisperer, so they don't <laughs> harm me. <laughs> But if I saw a cougar, I mean, a cougar might scare me, but I would just slowly walk away. But um, I really don't. I mean, I, I suppose I should carry bear spray or maybe pepper spray or something. I know my friend does when she goes out by herself. She, she has a thing of pepper spray, and uh, she knows how to use it. So, um, But I guess I really haven't, I haven't really thought about it, I guess. So now you're scaring me. No, but um, yeah, and animals, I mean, the it sounds cliche, but most of the animals in the woods are more afraid of you than you are of them. And if they see you, they're going to run away in the other direction. So I don't really have a fear of any of the wild animals here in Wisconsin. Um, you just, I just don't, I guess. Um, but I guess when you mention it, you know, people, you never know who's going to be out there. <laughs> hey, so. Ro- hey, Rob, okay. Rob I'm, lo- yeah. I'm looking at the DNR's website. They've got some safety tips for, for users. If you want me to share a couple of these, Rob. Oh yeah, please do. One other thing, one thing they say is to, of course, uh, stay within the limits of, of, of your ability. So make sure you know where you're going and look at your maps ahead of time. But also maybe use a headlight, a taillight, reflectors, refl- reflective clothing, especially if you're you're walking at night or hiking at night. And they also oh, yeah. suggest, of course, carrying things like a first aid kit, supply, bring water, those types of things. So th- I found these tips over at the DNR's website, and I'm sure there are a lot more. I won't go through all of them, but uh, if you want to look yeah, up some like safety hike- tips. If you search, if you Googled hiking safety tips or uh, something like that, you would probably find some, especially local ones, because, I mean, you might get a lot of hiking safety tips that are for, you know, like California or, or somewhere like where we don't have those same uh, issues. But, yeah. Yeah. I guess I should take a self-defense class. Then I don't have to bring anything. I can just <laughs> karate chop them and, and take care of myself that way. So self-defense is probably a good tip. Learn self-defense. There you go. Or if our callers have any safety tips while out on the trails, uh, we'll take we'll take those tips, too, from you. That's a great call, yeah. though. That was a great question. And something we should now keep in mind. Yeah. Got me thinking. Maybe I'll have some more on that next week. I'll think about it this week and see what some of my my fellow hikers out there say and do and uh, get back to you with some more. So listen next week, Gary. Yeah, and another one I can think of too is just letting someone know that you're you're going out and about. That's I think yeah. a really important yeah. one too. Great yeah, question. Exactly. Great question. Let them know where you're going to be. Yeah. 
Well, Rob, how about yeah. we take a break here and then we come back once again to that top 10 list? Sure. All right. We'll do that right. when we come back. More with Rob Zimmer Outdoors after this on HBY. You're listening to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer here on WHBY. I'm Haley Tenpass, and we've got Rob Zimmer with us, of course, as we're wrapping up our hour together on your Friday. And I know you've got our great top ten list, Rob. Yes, I do. I'm going to talk about... <laughs> Sorry. Now, of course, I lost that seat. I've had it on it. I'm going to talk about fall plants for, or foliage plants for fall colors, some of my favorites. So, um in no particular order, but these are some plants that are looking really good right now. Some of these you probably have in your yard and garden, and I'm sure you're pretty impressed with how they look right now. So, number 10 hey, Rob. is burning. Oh, we do have a collar. You want to quick get to a collar again? <laughs> sure. All right, we've got Jeanette. is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Jeanette on the line. Hi, Jeanette. All right. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hi, Rob. Hi. How's it going? Good. So, good. Uh, first juncos was last Saturday. Oh, good. Tons of juncos in the backyard. They're they're just lots of them. And you're down by Nina. Yep, down by Nina. Yep, south of Nina, just south side of Nina. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any hummingbirds come through, but I still have the hummingbird feeders out, and I still have my canna lilies. Um growing with the red flowers so hopefully we'll look out and see a straggler here and there yeah good and then we have tons and tons of robins coming in in the bird bath oh oh daily water yeah oh good yep yeah so that's what we're seeing and we're having the turkeys coming in there's one turkey that comes in by itself all the time why is that uh, it could be a young bird from this year that just hasn't found a mate yet. It's probably a young male who hasn't found a mate yet, and he doesn't have his own harem yet. So he's just okay. on his own for a while until he, uh, uh, next year, the year after, he'll he'll be a breeding age. So does he have a beard? Uh, have you noticed? No, I'm no, I'm not noticing one. Yeah, so it's probably a, a really young young turkey of this year who just hasn't. Um, he's just like a teenager, just running around on his own. <laughs> He'll probably okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll keep yeah. an eye on him and see. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's what's happening in the backyard. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Sure, you're welcome. You yeah, guys have a good you weekend. You too. Yes, you Bye. too. Thanks much. Oh, lots of spot, lots of birds. <laughs> yep, so that's where all the robins are in the juncos, right, Jeanette's house. <laughs> awesome. All right. Should I go? You are free to go with that top 10 list. All right, so top 10 foliage plants for fall killers. Colors starting again. I was just talking about number 10, burning bush. Uh, even though a lot of the burning bushes now, they're technically considered invasive species in Wisconsin, so you got to kind of watch the varieties that you're getting um, uh, because they can... Uh, get invasive if they spread out into the woods. If you go to places like Hartman Creek and some other places, uh, it's a pretty uh, bad plant when it gets out into the woods. So uh, be careful of the varieties you have. But they are beautiful. If you have them right now, you know they're just stunning. Uh, they're at their peak right about now. Uh, number nine, nine barks, another shrub. There's lots of different nine barks in all sorts of colors. 
there's copper colored ones and wine colored ones and black ones and gold ones and red ones and all different colors. Um, actually, a lot of them look like fall color plants all year because they have these gorgeous earth tones and fall colors all year long, but they really start to brighten up in the fall. Number eight, kind of an odd choice, but blueberries. If you've ever grown blueberries, you know the fall color of blueberries is just spectacular. You get mixtures of reds and orange and yellows all on the same plant, and they're just gorgeous. Uh, number seven is the uh, ornamental cabbage or flowering kale. Uh, it is a cabbage. It's not really a flower, but you get those gorgeous, gorgeous, ruffly, feathery, uh, fringed leaves that have uh, all different colors. They can be purple and pink and gold and yellow and white and all different shades. So it's a really, really nice um, fall color plant. Number six, coral bells, all your different hookeras or uh, hoocheras, however you say it. Coral bells are great for fall color. They're, most of them are evergreen, so whatever colors they have, they keep all winter long, and they just add nice pop color, especially if you have, like, the red ones, like Fire Alarm and Cherry Cola and Georgia Peach and some of those other really fancy red and orange ones. Uh, number five is oak leaf hydrangea. Uh, a lot of people want to grow oak leaf hydrangea, but they can never get them to flower, but that's okay because just their leaves and their foliage are just stunning for fall. You get these huge leaves that are really textured and shaped like oak leaves, and they're orange and red and all different colors and purple in the fall. So one of my favorites. Uh, number four is a, viver a viburnum shrub known as highbush cranberry. So it's not a true cranberry, but it has big red clusters of cranberry-like um, berries uh, in the fall and the winter. That's a robins and then waxwings and other birds like to eat. Those are just stunning because the leaves turn almost just as red as the berries, and they just look stunning. You know, even as late as November and December, they look amazing. Uh, number three, I think I'm on, <laughs> is Swiss chard. Swiss chard is another kind of edible plant like your kale. Uh, it's, it's kind of in that same family. Um, the leaves are huge and green and really thick veins that can be, um, it almost looks like stained glass with neon orange and neon red and neon pink or white or yellow, and they're just a stunning um, plant and they can get pretty big they can get about two feet tall and wide uh, the mature plants can so number three i believe <laughs> i lost count so you might get 11 here i don't know I number saying, three I think is you're on two, but so we'd like a bonus top 10 you'll get a bonus yep number, <laughs> number two then is witch hazel which they're really at peak bloom right now i've been posting pictures the last couple of weeks on my facebook page it's a native shrub uh, it gets these really cool wiry thin um, spider yellow petals, uh, a little yellow leaves, or I'm sorry, um, flowers right now. Some of the European varieties that you could buy at garden centers, they get red flowers and orange flowers, and some of them bloom as late as January and February, so they're really cool shrubs. The native one blooms yellow, and it's blooming right now. Uh, the next one is red osier dogwood, or your native red twig dogwood. That's just stunning in the fall, obviously for the red twigs, but also because the leaves turn almost blood red, too. And your bonus, <laughs> which was going to be my number one, I guess, uh, is all the tamaracks or larches. Those are one of my favorite trees in the fall. Uh, they're one of the latest trees to turn color, and they come in shrub form, too. That's why I put it in here. You can get weeping ones and dwarf ones and rounded ones and, and asymmetrical ones and unusual form ones. But all of the tamaracks and larches turn a beautiful, beautiful gold color. Mm. Uh, it's the only conifer that drops its needles every year, so... They get these really soft, kind of star-shaped clusters of needles, and they all fall off usually in late October and November. So those are some great plants for fall color. And 
those in your garden, you probably know they just look beautiful right now. Uh, except the tamaracks. The tamaracks are still pretty green. They're going to be changing pretty soon in the next week or two uh, and then into November. Oh, it's just the best time of the year. It really is. And I've been posting some amazing pictures all week long on my Facebook page. This is Rob Zimmer Outdoors, by the way. Make sure you put the outdoors at the end because um, there's just so much. Every time you step into the woods, you can't look in any certain direction and see something ugly. It's just all so beautiful. So I yeah. love it. Me too. And I'm glad we got a whole hour today to talk about it. We didn't quite get to bulbs, Rob, so maybe we'll save that for next week. Or is it too late to get the bulbs? And I wouldn't think so. No, next week will still be good because I, I saw the forecast. It was supposed to be back up to the mid-50s by the end of the week. So, you know, it, it, it really for bulbs, you want to plant it. The soil is still probably too warm. You want that soil to cool down a bit. So by next week and the week after. I planted bulbs with my sister on the day after New Year's, like New Year's Day. And they came out beautifully. So as long as they get, you know, 8, 10, 12 weeks in the ground, um, they'll be fine. So it's really, uh, you know, February might be too late. But <laughs> we planted them in January, and they came out beautifully. It was the funniest thing. So I remember yeah, that. As long as, you can get it in the, as long as you can get in and work the soil. There you go. Well, Rob, it's been a pleasure once again to talk with you today. And thanks to all of our callers for your great questions and outdoor spottings. And Rob is back next week, Friday, with more outdoor adventures to share. So, Rob, until then, take care. Yes, and we'll talk about safety tips and bulbs. All right. For sure. It's a plan. All right. right, Thanks, Rob. Take care. Bye. We've got more Focus Fox Valley coming up next. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.